All right. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 153 of the Patio Slate Podcast. I'm Anthony. We get Tony. We get Nate on the ones and twos. How are you guys doing? Everything good? Yeah, geeking out with the best of them. And uh, really fun chat tonight with a band from Germany, which they jumped on with us to kind of promote and talk some backstory on their upcoming release. So uh, I thought it was rad. What about you, Tony? Yeah, it was a blast to talk to people, and we said it to them, I think, at towards the end or in post uh, talking to them from different a different part of the world, because we've done a ton with people here in, in the States, and we've had a few people, you know, we had Frank Turner in England, and but it's different. It's cool to get a different perspective, and like, what do you guys think of our scene? What do, What's going on in your scene in your country? Like, we don't we don't get to do that with a lot of people, but the podcast affords us the ability to talk to people from all over the world. Technical difficulties be damned. We we make it work. We get through it, and we we get to chat with rad people like these guys, like Chris and Chris. So we had Chris Hesse, who's the guitarist and songwriter. We also had Chris Zalka, who's the singer and lyricist, uh, as we said, of the band Half Me. They are fairly recently signed to a Rising Empire German record label, and uh, if that isn't a co-sign, like a few years ago, we we mentioned our love for uh, the band Landmarks, who's also signed to a Rising Empire. So we're we're familiar with that world and uh, they get a new album coming out right soma comes out february 17th we've listened to most of the album and we love it blacklight i think we've talked about that the song blacklight just crushes x negativo is another one that's great so uh by the time you listen to this well it depends on when you listen to it but the album may be out by the time you listen to this yeah we're dropping this a couple days before the album drops so if you're listening to us on the Monday, Tuesday before, thanks, and go check it out later in the week. Pre-save it now if you're listening to it after. Hey, get on Spotify or Apple Music and fire that thing up, because it's pretty badass. Yeah, if you're looking for any band, heavy therapy-wise, which is obviously one of our uh, nerdery segments here on the podcast, Half Me fits that bill to the, to the nth degree. Solid band, solid guys, record slays, and um, very congruent with a lot of the guests that we've had on the podcast, from Killswitch Engage to Shadows Fall. All that stuff. We hope to see them on the road with, with bands like that. Um, they didn't want to let the cat out of the bag in terms of their touring plans, but we will all find out, and we should all go check them out to promote this record as uh, things unfold. So we're stoked for Half Me. Hey guys, Tony here. Before we get into this conversation, we've had many folks in the heavy music side of things on the podcast. Go check out our conversation with Jesse Leach of Killswitch or Justin Foley of Killswitch slash Libica. We've had Tuck O'Leary from Fit for a King. We've had Brian Ferry of Shadows Fall and Overcast. We've we've got a lot of cool stuff back there that would fit uh, your appetite here. So go check that stuff out too after maybe listening to the guys of Half Me right now. All right, we are here with both Chris's of the band Half Me from Germany. Guys, how the heck are you? Hey. We're good. Thanks for having us. Doing good. Chris H and Chris Z. We'll leave it at that. How about that? Yeah. Sounds good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, is this like Christmas Eve? Like you get an album on the way. There's a lot of anticipation. 
How does it feel? For me personally, it still feels unreal. I mean, it's a debut album. It's the first time. The first time is always the best, best time. It feels unreal. It feels like we're still in kick shoes, but already walking out. The kind of feeling of in between. Uh, very exciting. A lot of work at the moment, but uh, yeah, we love it. Yeah, definitely same. Like really excited to finally put it out, I guess, because there's songs on it that we've been working on for like years. But yeah, like really, just really excited for everyone to hear it and kind of anxious as well for some hate comments, but let's, let the hate yeah. come. They do, ha- they do happen. Really? Is, the internet yeah, is, yeah. is tough sometimes for sure, but yeah. we we're digging the music. I mean, we've been listening to it now for geez, about a week. Uh, since we were you were on our radar and it's we're excited for the the full length so pretty stoked for you thanks so much yeah appreciate it and it's family friendly i was uh with my son earlier giving him breakfast and he we were rocking out i was blasting it throughout the whole building and <laughs> nice. he's loving it so it is a very much family friendly music soundtrack that's the best education you can give him <laughs> was he headbanging, Nate? Was he headbanging? <laughs> headbanging, devil horns, showing his fangs, the whole thing. <laughs> yep. Teach him young. That's cool. So you guys, you guys, what formed in 2018, right? So a few years back. So how did that all come about? I mean, you, were you guys friends before that, and and whatnot? The the bigger part of the uh, the band, the bassist, the guitar, guitarist, me, the other guitarist, we were in a band before. And um, we are all like in the same area, the same city, and we we lost our singer, and then we had like auditions for singers and stuff, and they all stuck. And we always had like Chris in mind, but he was in in, in another city, and he 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 declined. He he gave us the cold shoulder, and I think a year passed, and then he said, "I'm coming to Hamburg." Then we had like a rehearsal. He stopped ass because he wasn't shouting like for years <laughs> but we still kept got him hit in and uh, in the band and after that it was just like yeah the chemistry was right we were working together and his his creative mind added a lot to our like yeah our traditional way of doing things so that's like the base the the base of the band and uh yeah and then we found our drummer <laughs> sounds a bit like uh, it was just an accident but he also came in and uh, lives, lives nearby and digs the stuff and is, is uh, a beast on the drums. And that's basically the the uh, history of the band. It's like having a like a crush on a girl that's already in a relationship. You just got to wait till that ends and then you pull yeah. them in. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of felt like that for me <laughs> yeah. as well. But she kind of. But she kind of sucks on the first date. It's like she's, <laughs> yeah. she's not not a great kisser. You you imagine it to be really different, and then after like the second date, you, it get it gets better. Nice. Yeah, but you really want that second date though. Yeah. You yeah. really want it. Yeah. And the best part of everything, there's you have all that material, all that breakup material comes to fruition too. So it's actually the timing <laughs> couldn't be better. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You started releasing music about a year later, 2019. What were you guys are kind of a, a meld of genres? Was there a goal in mind with putting the music out, or were you just like, This is what we like, this is what we want to make, it sounds this way, deal with it? I think, um, at first, we tried to sound like we the way we used to sound like, and after some songs, we discovered that we like the more aggressive and heavier stuff, but we never wanted to achieve a certain genre or a certain sound or a certain 
direction uh, of genre we wanted to, to get in. And we just wanted to, to have like a really dynamic, fast-paced sound to, to it. And I don't think we had, had a plan in mind when, when writing. In terms of your musical style, it is kind of a hybrid of, of different elements of you know, music and styles and whatnot. Any influences that were you know, prominent for, for both you guys in, in getting this band off, off the ground? I know some bands from Germany that come to mind, Blind Guardian, Rammstein obviously is big in the US, anything like that? I think in terms of influences, there are bands I really dig instrumentally and which style I really dig. It's, for example, Silent Planet. We all like big Swan in fans, uh, big Alpha Wolf fans. There are certain like parts of songs and songs that are kind of directed into that kind of dance, but it's never like that we have those idols and want to be sound like, like them or be like Alpha Wolf just in German. It, it just, I think for the first thing that we, we put out before the album, we wanted we really tried out different things, tried out tried out different genres, tried out different styles. We had like a new metal vibe, we had like a deathcore vibe, and we, we just wanted to like a not pendulum, but we wanted to to have both directions tested out and the middle is uh, the way we want to have for the album. So that's like the kind of approach we had. And also feel like generally we've got like a lot of like international influence. Because like as you said earlier, that like there's definitely cool bands from Germany. Like especially the German-speaking bands seem to have an audience like internationally as well. But for us, for for I think all of us, it's always like genre-wise, we're all inspired by like different shit, like gen, like technical metalcore, pissed-off hardcore, and all that kind of goes into it. But like I don't like I couldn't name one band right now that comes to my mind that is from Germany and really influenced us. So we're all kind of like somewhat internationally influenced, I would say, definitely. Nice. Yeah, and I mean, with the way the world is today, it's it's easier to do that, right? I mean, everything is at our fingertips, oh. so you can listen to stuff from Spain, America, Canada, Mexico, who doesn't matter. You can just pull it yeah. up on your phone, and there it is. We're talking to you guys, you know, halfway around the world, so pretty yeah. pretty wild stuff. Yeah. By the way, how uh, what time is it at your place at the moment? Well, we're all over the map, too. So uh, Anthony oh. and I, Tony, are in Maine, which is the East Coast. So it's oh, Portland, yeah. 1.30, yeah, Portland, Maine. And then Nate's out west. So he's at, what, 10.30, uh, yeah. Nate? 10.30 in, uh, in San in Diego. Yep. International meeting. Yeah. I know. It's pretty yeah. pretty to get five people all on board from uh, three different time zones, right? This is the best yeah. kind of Zoom meeting right here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Chris, I got a question for you because we, have, we, we haven't seen you guys live. So do you, are you doing both clean vocals and the screaming? Yeah, for the most part I do, yeah. How, how, do, you, like, how do you train for that? How do you, how do you, get, how do you get good at that? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, it's just really like a lot of like practice, I guess. But it's still like a process because I'm still like working with a coach. I'm working with a vocal, vocal coach for that to like be able to perform at a certain standard that I set for myself as well, because I've seen a lot of bands that do both, like one vocalist does both, and they suck ass. And like, honestly, there's a couple parts that I don't sing as they're on CD, the big reveal right now, but like, I don't sing it as they are on the, uh, are on the album. <laughs> I just wanted to leave the scene. Yeah. <laughs> 
and some of it are like um uh, the other guitarist also sings and chris uh, h he's also like shouting a couple parts so there's definitely help from like the band going on but i try to like nail most of what i've done on the album uh in the live setting as well yeah because like blacklight massive chorus like if you can pull that off you're the as, as real as it gets the blacklight chorus is not a problem i think there are yeah. other songs that are right on more different yeah it's not like because it, i think it's not that you can't nail it it's, it's just in a live setting where you are in a venue that's like sweaty and warm and he's like mm -hmm. exhausted and, and head banging and we we have parts where the other line is more achievable it still works live and it's just better for him to to get the show done like in total so that's the reason behind it when you guys are writing music do you take that into account like how is this going to play live we, we should have <laughs> yeah <laughs> because we wrote songs like exit wound we've written that one like like i think we've written that one during the pandemic I'm not sure, but we've definitely yeah. put it out and filmed the video during the pandemic or when it was all like code red pandemic stage, I guess. So we didn't really have time to like experiment in the in their rehearsal room or something. We just thought that this would sound crazy good. And we did like 100 takes and it's like super high vocally. So it's really hard to pull off live for me. Songs like this are like super difficult, but the majority of the album is definitely playable live and enjoyable live. There are just some parts we just have to yeah, work, like work switch it up around. a bit. Yeah. yeah. But it's, we, we still sing it. It's just like on another key. So. Well, and sometimes that's fun, right? Because then you get a, it gets yeah. a new kind of breath of fresh air as far as the Absolutely. way that the song sounds. It gives it a different life. Most fans don't realize how difficult it is to be a front man or woman. You know what I mean? I mean, imagine trying to sing while running because that's, if you have a good stage presence, like that's pretty much what it is, right? Yeah. And don't yeah, fuck up sure. your vocals. I mean, when you think of Sam Carter, he, he's screaming for like 15 years now and he's not, he's not going to get killed by it. He's, he's still screaming with the mm -hmm. power. So it's crazy. It's like, yeah, inimaginable. Yeah, and just the different elements and venues, like playing clubs, theaters, and you think big, giant European festivals that we just like see abroad, like in on youtube and stuff like that rock and ring rock and park oh, do you yeah. have to adjust depending on the venue like I, i'm not sure what venues you're playing right now but club to theater is there a different range you have to to establish and obviously the festivals you have the crowd that can kind of help you out yeah like right now we're definitely playing like clubs club shows mostly and for those it always like also depends on the stage like if i move around a lot it's definitely like it involves a lot of control like you know you gotta know and you gotta know where the parts are that you want to nail, and um, so yeah. But but there's also like parts where I jump and I I do the vocals at the same time. And to a certain degree, degree, I think it's just a lot of practice, just like any other instrument, like playing guitar while singing or like moving around while playing the guitar is like to me it feels like like I've been a guitarist as well in bands, so. It kind of, for, for, from my mind, it's like the same, pretty much the same thing. It's just tons of practice. Yeah. I think it's an underappreciated art for the fans. And we geek out on this often with guests and totally. like, how do you pull it off live? Like, you know, we all like work out of the gym and stuff. I can't imagine like 
throwing kettlebells and screaming at the same time and like being in key you know well, so screaming in pain maybe that's about yeah. it yeah <laughs> definitely i think i think the challenge is also when you're on tour and you have it like every night i think that's the big yep. part where, where you have to really control that you're not overdo it so you're not fucked up the next day right you can yeah. only do so much but you gotta you want to give that show everything too so it's a happy medium yeah I have a dumb American question. What what made you guys choose like English language vocals versus German? We stumped you. <laughs> I think that's a good question, actually. So I can only answer that from my point of view, but I know that the guys want English vocals as well. But for me, the reason is more like I I, I like the German language in like poem form. And like in different forms of art, but yeah, I kind of I would want to say that I kind of developed an aversion against the like the German language because I've semi grown up with like my mom's an English English teacher, and so I've like semi grown up in an English environment, so it kind of came different to me, like not I'm it's not like something special. There's lots of English English teachers with children, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, I've been listening to like English music for my whole life. So that's more natural. It feels more natural to me. I think, I think there are certain German bands that really work on German. But I think the lyrics mostly are really, really artsy and really deep down and not really personal because we Germans normally... We, the majority of Germans hate German TV shows, hate German series, hate German comedy. It's like a, I don't know what it is, but it um, it's it feels always cringe and not as good as English stuff. And I think when you really not that artsy and really not that kind of poetic with German, I think for me personally it doesn't work. So like for for example, consumer is a great example. They their lyrics are really dark and really when you translate them word by word, they they're really devastating in a in kind of way. But they're yeah. not person not personal. And I think when you want to have personal lyrics and personal stories to tell, I think that's where German is not really good suited for. So Yeah, I because German is also like a really precise language. Like there's a word for everything and it really describes it precisely. And then for the English English language, you really have to like fumble around with it a bit to to kind of find the right meaning that you want to portray in a way. Yeah, we have one word that means like nine different things. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't that's just put it into Google Translate. Yeah, that's not quite the same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the real reason. We just wanted to have it simpler. It's fascinating. And like Nate said, we're the nerdiest of music fans. And like, that's what we think about. Like, choices like that. And like, when we had Frank Turner on, we asked him, like, Ooh, nice. what made you go with the English accent versus American accent? He had a whole backstory on it. You know what I mean? Just it just felt genuine to him, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, think for me personally, I think English also has like a, because it's a foreign language to us, it's more like a, like a language that we can put our creative work and art into it. It's not the, this language we speak every day. And when we formulate like lyrics and like the content, Within the song, I think English is a great projection base because it's foreign for us, and uh, we can like find words that really describe our our thoughts with it. 
I mean, I'm I'm not a lyricist, but I think that's what <laughs> yeah. I what I what I feel when when we when we write lyrics. So. No, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it you know, for lack of better words, it trans like the music translates very well. Like it's we love it. We've been we've been really digging it. And I know you guys debut album coming out, but you've released a number of singles. I'm curious about that approach because it's very common in hip hop where you have you know you release singles. You know, it's kind of constant like that. So I'm curious, was that just Hey, we have a banging song. Let's get it out there. Or was that the? Just curious how that went down. I think for the first thing releases, um, as I said, it it was for us just like touching different waters, uh, just trying ourselves out while we have the time and the the space to do it. To have the freedom, we are a new band. No one has any expectation of us. We further really just have different styles. When you when you listen to like the first and uh, the last single of those five singles they're very different in kind of style and how we've grown as a as a band we all did a diy like from mixing mastering i did i did the videos and we just wanted to try ourselves out and uh, yeah find a way where we where we land so i think that was the main strategy but uh, also to have like gaining traction not just wait for an album just really give every single every video every release the time it, it, it deserves and yeah, try everything out we can. So we, we, uh, it's not like we kind of debated we wanted to make an album or not, but it was definitely the idea to put out singles in a row. So that was the whole like game plan that we had with the singles. And you mentioned like hip hop, there, there's this artist called Ro- uh, Russ, I believe. And he had this idea of like putting out, I think, 52 singles for a, for a whole year. Like every week, there's a new single. I'm not sure if that's like exactly the, pl- the plan, but it pretty much is that in a nutshell. And it has proven to be, to be of like real big success for him. So we thought like, okay, we're not rappers. We can't like produce a song a week, but we definitely can put our minds to like creating singles and then release them in, a, in, in this order that kind of like achieves this one thing for us. Like we, we know better what we're good at. We know better what, what works with the crowd. And also it gains just like it gains traction. Like Spotify really likes it when you release music often. So yeah. Engagement, right? Like everything. They want to keep that engagement up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Have you listened to our podcast, Chris? Because we've referenced Russ doing that same rollout probably a dozen oh, times. Yeah, like we, yeah. Had, we like he's the blueprint for it and it worked and and he'll yeah. tell you it worked. He's very vocal about that. He is, yeah. <laughs> but like it worked for him, you know. He, I think he did did it on SoundCloud. And you're right. If he's if he's doing the whole package, he can do that. So for a band to do it, yeah, there's a lot of barriers there. But it allows you. I'm trying to think. I I listened to another band. Um, it was on another podcast, and they were talking about how the mind frame, your mind frame shifts when you do a full length. Like you almost sometimes have to stay consistent with a theme and a topic where with singles it's just creative explosion you can do whatever the yeah. hell you want there's no boundaries Absolutely. so that feeds into what you're saying i can i can under i can i can support you with the, with that statement yeah. because when you have a single and you have like three months for every single and when you produce it yourself you don't have deadlines you don't have like other people going in and with an album like uh, on your on your desk it's just different it's just when you have like 10 songs to do and they all went 
will go through the same production process, through the same uh, production engineer and stuff. That's that's just another level. It's it's another way of writing also because you can't really produce banger after banger after banger in terms of just getting more heavy. I mean, that's an easy way just to tune it down and make more breakdowns. But when you have an album, you I think that that doesn't work. You can't you just low tuned breakdowns for twenty minutes or thirty minutes. You have to have songs in between that support the other songs and like give a like a pullback feeling and moment. So that's a really different challenge to write an album versus a single. Yeah, Definitely. and I think an album really kind of like it feels like you know an album deserves more of a meaning some in some in some way. I believe like I wouldn't want to put out an album that's basically just compiled out of all the 10 singles we've released in the last x months so yeah that like for us it's also been like switching up the whole mindset mindset too yeah absolutely because we're really used to putting out singles and we're really confident in doing so so as you said you're getting into doing the full length your your mindset changes you're doing something different than you you know we need to put out a three-minute song that can just be anything now you've got to put a theme together was that more difficult for you guys or did you like really dive into that and love it i think at, at first it was a big challenge to have a, have a theme and just follow it for 10 songs i think the the pressure to have a good one is bigger because when you have a singer and after like half a year, you don't like the thing of it. Okay, when you have an album and you don't stand behind the meaning and the concept and the the vibe, that's that's a bit different, especially when it's the, the the debut album. But I think once we like sensed uh, the direction it goes in, I think that's where we went deeper and we really loved the process of doing it. It was hard at times, but um, I think we all agreed on it. On the vibe we want to achieve and uh after that i think the process was great yeah how, how did a rising empire take notice uh i think from two sides we had a manager back then from the us who had like um, shout out pete shout out to pete carrot and he had like connections to a rising he just i think sent him uh, the last single we put out before rising and uh, they loved it and from the other side we have a friend who works with them who already showed them our music before our manager did and so they said oh yeah we know them and after that i think yeah like like actually they hit us up at, like after we've released mantis i believe they really they've, yeah yeah they hit us up like they, they've sent a mail and then we got the whole the whole thing with um with our manager back then um we kind of got that rolling as well so, really okay yeah yeah they did that's new for me <laughs> yeah but that's kind of how they like i think for mantis we've worked with um a couple different people for prom promoting it as well and i've done my fair share of promotion as, as well so they they must have been paying attention to like the local scene i believe and they like i assume they like what they heard and since then we've been like it's been a back and forth with the mail conversations and we've sent them demos of some newer songs We've then also put out another, like the Exit Wound single, we've put that out. And then we've like, I believe then we talked about like doing an album together with them. Like yeah. they proposed the idea because we we were really like confident putting out singles, as, as I said earlier. 
yeah, but they wanted an album, and we were like really open to the idea. So we thought, let's do let's it. Fucking, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Hell yeah. It's awesome. There's something to be said about, you know, it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know, but at the end of the day, you still have to be good. The product still has to be yeah. solid, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you, when you come from a DIY perspective, we, we, we started the band with the intention to just have good music we want to listen to and we love. It was never intention to have like a big audience or, I mean, for sure, if the people like it, um, that's where we, where right. we want to be. But it was never the first like the target we want to achieve. And after that, having the band shift to, into a kind of business world with like contracts and with deadlines and with money involved, it was uh, a new, uh, new step for us and uh, a great one. But it's just this different kind of like handling the band. It's not like just drinking beer on the weekend. It's really with, with meetings, with, with deadlines, with tours, with money involved, and uh, yeah, it feels like a grown-up version of a of a of you of a band. So. <laughs> talking to talking to three idiots from the United States, you know, all yeah, that stuff. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, Absolutely. good. We're glad you're glad you're enjoying yeah. it, man. <laughs> so you've mentioned it a couple times: the self, you know, the DIY, the self-producing, the self with the music and with the the videos. Uh, was that something you were doing before the band and? just took it to this or did you kind of teach yourself in the moment with the band i think for me personally i'm now a freelance videographer and it started when we had our first video done with our first single and it was not as we wanted it to be and i was like i, I could have done it better and after that uh, i tried it and we just uh, yeah we did we're all addicted from from the today's perspective is it's still shit but at that moment it was like okay great we can work with that and we we all i think when it comes to the skills we learned with with it we all evolved from single to single with our craft i mean chris is a freelance marketing manager for bands and he did all the marketing for us learned learned stuff there and our guitar guitarist is like producing he he, he produced like for five years now but he also, with every single, gained more confidence. And now for the album, we gave up kind of parts of that. We we had videos shot with different uh, with a different director because time wise it would wouldn't work if we do it all by ourselves. But we still have the knowledge and the experience about it to have like the creative control and the art where we want to have it. And I think that's that's a good skill set to have. For an album production, I think that's we we've heard that a few times on the podcast. Where earlier in bands' careers, just by almost default, they would have to find a natural role. Like here's the marketing guy, here's the graphic design guy, and I think that's that's so key. It's almost like having an internship. Like you yeah. you need to have some hands on experience. But then at some point, and we've realized this with the podcast, if we're doing all this other stuff, like it's tough to focus on the product. You know what I mean? Like putting out Absolutely. episodes every week, you know, thinking of ideas and it's only three of us and I'm, it's only what five of you guys. So at some point to really level up, you almost do have to hand some of that stuff off. Absolutely. Especially like also for some, not songwriting stuff, but for some producing stuff for like backings or for like additional audio sound effects. We had guys stepping in, which was really not uncomfortable, uncom but I think not as usual as before because 
normally when you write stuff, it's just your you you're like you're like the producer, you're like the creator of the art. And when someone else steps in, it's it feels a bit off. But after we worked with the guys we worked with, um, we realized that we still have creative control. It's not like that they are like mixing up our 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 direction. And, and I that, think that's like that's like a common fear bands have. Like when we absolutely. first got introduced to the idea of like having to let someone else take care of a specific area of the band, uh, like we were like, nah, like we want to do that. It's our project, yo, no, no, right. no, 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 and all that talking and back and forth. But but it, like at the end of the day, there's only so much time in the day, and we've all got to like um, take care of our families as well. So it's really the decision to if like do we want to bring forward this idea of the product we have or do we like want to be like control freaks and like control every aspect of it and like not move forward for like so much time and that's i think that that's definitely been a breaking point for my past bands as well because it's always just like this this fear of, I assume, like, I, I don't want to pass it on to a label because then they're going to say, yo, don't do this, don't do that. But if selling your actually, soul, selling your craft, yeah. your art. But I think that's yeah. bullshit because you're still the band you are. You can still say no. You can still say, I want it differently. I love that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's just normal. I think when, when artists, they ha also have managers, they have like graphic designers, they have all that kind of personal that helps them do the craft they, they just want to do. And um, when like selfishness and like protection of your ego stands in the way, it, I think it yeah. does not lead to any way, anywhere. Yeah, that's a big one. I feel like it can go in so many different directions too, because it's really a delta point on like, you have these visions on the songs, maybe even post-it notes. Like I want this, if we ever did a music video, this is what I had in my head and it'd be great for a visual. But on the same level, some bands have such a great relationship where they do hand off these responsibilities with someone like we had Frank Maddox works closely with Deftones. Like he's so much part of the band now that the vision is like completely aligned and there's no yeah. like, dude, I wanted it this way. It's like, well, that's actually what I was thinking too. At some point you can kind of get to a level where the creativity and the synergy is, is perfectly aligned and you're not really leaving any, sure. anything on the table. It's like, Hey, let's work together on this, you know? For sure, it really adds to the whole creative aspect, I believe. Like, our graphic designer is, like, almost the sixth member for us now. Like, he's one of our best friends. And we didn't have any specific visuals for, like, the graphic, um, like, the, 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 the imagery and all that. We didn't have too much of that in mind when we came up with the album. And he had so much, like, he had so many ideas. He had so much in his mind going on. And we were just like, yeah, I like that. We like that. It really kind of became more comfortable. but we i believe we only got to that point because we kind of like opened up to the idea of having someone else take care of that yeah. and that's crucial i believe absolutely i it's it's refreshing to hear you guys say all this stuff because especially the part where you can still keep your vision and you know if you're being a new band first you know debut full length coming out in a couple at the end of this week now to be able to still have your finger on the pulse of everything that you want to have happen, but also be able to give a little bit here and there, that's it's refreshing because it, I don't think it went that way for a long time in the industry. I think a lot of people were, this is what you're going to do. We've got you signed. Now you're stuck here. And I don't yeah. think it's that way anymore. It's a lot more power to the artist, which is great. Yeah, and also yeah. Rising Emperor are really supportive. Like they just, I, I feel like they really signed us for like being us. 
so it doesn't feel like they bought us and just want to like have creative uh, control over everything we do it's like the total opposite and that's really yeah. cool for us as well because it eliminated so much fear we had going into this when all the contracts came and all that because it was a first for us as well and like a debut album as we said earlier can you only be, be like a debut album for once and there's a lot of misconception about it yeah absolutely they had no criticism at all about the album they didn't want to change anything they wanted to to have it as we wanted to have it so i think normally when you think about it especially when you're in such a niche in such a because the metal genre is is really designed to be different from the majority i think the stigma to be against the against the rules not not the rules but to be not what is my point and to not sell your <laughs> to not to not sell your soul and your art because I think metal is designed to be different and to be yeah kind of rebellish in a way and to not let anybody speak into your like beliefs and stuff I think that's where a lot of young bands and uh, small bands think where labels are just greedy and just uh, want to 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 make money with you um, which is still a part but I think. Um, Labels sign good bands because they're good, not because they can make not much money with them. Yeah, that's a really solid point. I think what we saw as fans, because we're not in bands, is the watering down of metal music. It did happen at one point. I think we all know that era, and those bands like either start to fall off or the fans realize and move on. So I mean, maybe the labels have come to a point where it's like, hey, like we are not going inter to intercept because the long run result and aftermath of watering down the music for it to be i don't know better easier to market or whatever doesn't have great return on investment for us either so we might as well keep it pure and you know allow the artist to have full artist con you know artistic control because it works out literally for all parties yeah yeah i believe so too i think the approach for labels at one point at like at one point had to change so that's like we're still like, I feel old, like I'm 30 now and I feel kind of old, but at the same time, I feel kind of young because it's like I said, it's our debut album. It's the first album. It's like, we're a young, fresh band. So I, I don't know about too many details that happened like 10, 15 years ago, like in, in the industry, we're still like coming up in the industry right now, but it feels like labels got it like they 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 understood that they are not the ones like they, they're not the ones like pulling the, the pulling the plug if some things don't work out in this particular song or on this particular album they just like i think the strategy for for most of them is just like pick up as many good acts as you can and then basically whichever works best pays for the others that don't work good like like they don't have to work good but if the music is nice then that's just it like the music is out there and that's the whole point of it like the labels there like they're they're here to release music and that's what they're doing we're talking to you now this is going to be released the beginning of the week where the album drops what are you guys most excited about getting this thing out there i think we had a question a couple of times now and for me personally I think the day before the release is the most exciting. I mean, the release day is also a big deal, but I think for me, it's the anticipation of it and feeling feeling anxious and feeling happy and feeling 
yeah, stressed out is is the best part of it. But also when the album drops and seeing reactions, seeing uh, people comment on us uh, on our videos and sending us DMs from all over the world, from Thailand, from South America, from America, uh, it's really great when you think that those songs were born on a PC somewhere in Germany makes me proud and it's it's a really great feeling and uh yeah I, I can't wait to have the album out yeah especially after working on it for for such a long time to see those like you said we live in a different world now where you kind of have those i don't know internal or external metrics on oh wow someone in literally brazil digs our music i can see it on the charts right now that's amazing and also plays into when you guys do get on the road and i said you're and you said you're playing shows mainly locally right in germany yeah. on this any, any kind of promotional element to dropping an album means means more touring hypothetically do you guys have plans to tour domestically internationally as well we can't say too much yeah when it comes to tour but uh for shows we really want to dig deep into being a really badass support band for, for bigger bands that's, that's where awesome. we it. uh because i think that's where we really fit in at the moment with our music to to hype people up to get some head smash before the headliner comes up <laughs> i'm in i'm all in yeah that sounds good to me i'm, I'm excited yeah. for that so without giving away too much because obviously there's some stuff percolating but what are some of the places you want to go i guess to tour are there places you haven't been before that you're excited to maybe hit at some point in the future i think so for me point, personally let, let me just straight up yeah, because we're it. talking to some yeah, us it. guys like i've i've wanted to play in the us for my whole life <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's really a big one for me because i love the country like i just want to play shows in the us man oh yeah so that's 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 it for me i don't know about the other guys i think i th i think it differs uh for each and every one for uh, of us like our drummer wants really to be really uh, bad in in japan yeah he's a weeb yeah he's that's a weeb. why <laughs> our, our basis wants to be in australia I, I just love a big good old european show being like up north in oslo norwegia norway and uh to have like really different places just in one tour but i think just where it gets us is the best way i think and we don't have any restrictions to that for me personally it's a u.s uh, u.s european tour because mm -hmm. it's u.s it, it, it just differs the whole world well, hopefully you get everywhere. That's exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we feel there's demand, right? Uh, I, can, I can definitely tell you that there's like a big chunk of our audience is from the US. So like it would make sense in a way to hit the US definitely play shows over there. So, I think it's even bigger than Germany. I think yeah. our biggest audience is in the US. Well, and you'd fit in with a lot of, a lot of bands uh, here that you, you'd be great support for. And I know... And we've talked about this a ton on this podcast that heavy music is kind of, it's kind of taken over and you guys would definitely fit in with a bunch of stuff that people we've talked to, other bands as well. Uh, it would be pretty cool to see you guys over here. We'd love to. When we're there, we, we, we give you a beer. <laughs> yeah, if you guys come to the Northeast, uh, yeah. Tony and I will come. West Coast, Nate, I'm signing you up to go. Oh, that's nice. using us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Like, really. Like, but at the same time, like, lots of people reach out to us like chris said earlier like we love when people just give us feedback and just send a dm or something and like lots of people have reached out of us reach out to us like after we've released even after we've released 
the singles, like before the whole album era. Now with the album, especially with the single rollouts, um, with every single, it just becomes more and more. Like more people want us to play here, more people want us to play there. And we like, if it wouldn't be too much of a financial thing, honestly, like because like traveling the whole world is expensive as hell, especially if you're a crew of like 10 people, then yeah, if it wouldn't be for that, then we would like love to play all over the place. And yeah, we just, I, th I think we're just looking for ways to kind of make that happen and kind of be smart about it to not go broke. Yeah. Hey, we're in. Yeah. I mean, like we said, yeah. we're 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 pretty new to the half me world, and we love like as soon as we heard it, uh, we're like, we we want to talk with these guys. The new stuff, you know, Wraith and Trauma Culture, like half me. So the, the track named after band, I love when bands do that. I love when bands do that. But we we're excited for it. So Soma drops on the seventeenth, so right around the corner, uh, on uh, a Rising Empire debut. So all our listeners, run out. Don't don't jog. Run out, buy it. Is it going to be on vinyl? Do you know? Yeah. It will be, yeah. Right on. Have to. We'll have to scoop that up. But we're excited for it, guys. We're really excited. Thank you, man. That's very appreciated. appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate talking with you guys. Three different time zones all across the world today with the boys from Half Me. Thanks. Thanks. We made guys. it happen. It's a power of music, us. guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. We'll see you guys in the states soon. Cheers. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Patio Slave. We are at Patio Slave on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places that you can find us on social media. Facebook, Patio Slave Podcast. YouTube, Patio Slave Podcast there. Email us at patioslavepodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to become a supporter, click on the link at the bottom of the episode and give us a dollar, give us five bucks. It keeps the lights on, keeps us going. We really appreciate that stuff. Thank you. But we've had that earlier. You can actually call it like him, Chris H, and I'm Chris Z. Okay. Or I think I think it's better if I'm Chris one and you're Chris two. I think yeah, that, that, that kind of puts a hierarchy on it. I don't uh, want that. I think that's <laughs> true. I love it. Well, well, Chris Z, you get all the shine, right? You're the you're the singer, right? I mean, yeah, I should be Chris one, right? No, you get enough. You get enough. <laughs> all right, that's fine. Amazing. Amazing.